ought to be fun. <laughs> the hell, Kevin? Let's fire somebody. <laughs> Who? I don't know. Fire somebody. somebody. Let's send somebody out. Pick somebody. Right. Let's send somebody out. Let's send Alec Manoa down to AAA to get it back together. You ask all these difficult questions. What? Would you go with a bullpen day? What 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 would giving him an extra? What would skipping a start do for Alec Manoa? Sending him down to AAA. I don't know. I'm asking. What would that do? I'm asking. What would that do to him? I don't know. I'm asking. Slider was better today. Slider was very good today. Sinker command, fastball command wasn't there. Arm side and glove side. So if it's not one thing, it's the other. Yeah, but it's not Is supposed it, to be one thing. I have to ask other. you a question. Have you ever seen a catcher no, stand straight up and down to try and catch a strike three no. pitch thrown to a left-handed batter? Have no. you ever seen? I, I saw that on like when it was black and white on that, TV. You know, those, those shit, the one that was like 1920, and the dude was standing straight up and down. I've never seen that where his knees are not bent. Straight up and down like three times in one at bat. You ever seen uh, that? I, we, I have we never about, seen no. that. I'll ever. Look, I've made this point. The, the, by the Very way, it, it is, it is Blair odd. and Barker. Uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 26 and 25 Blue Jays edition uh, oh, of Blair and you Barker. You ever think you'd say that? Uh, this year, you ever, th- you ever no, think it? No. Me no, either. No. I thought their pitching would be way too good. Yeah. I never thought I'd be looking at this team as, again, the standings don't matter. I never thought, I, but I never thought I'd be looking at the standings. Team meetings I, I would never, tell you they matter. I never thought I'd be looking at the standings and saying to myself, "Yeah, standings don't matter." Uh, but holy God, they're in last place. Yeah, and worth it. They they are. Listen, uh, credit the Blue Jays. They are worth being in last place right now. No question. Like, like they, they earned it. They earned it. <laughs> they're earning it. These guys have yeah. earned being in last place. Yeah. And th- th- this is. I mean, we run through the reasons. Everybody's healthy. I mean, they've earned being in last they place. They have. We have a lot to talk about today. We've got a busy show. Ryan Dempster, host of uh, Intentional Talk on MLB Network, will join, will join us. We're going to take a deep dive into pitcher's pace. And the reason we're doing that is one of the issues with Alec Manoa today and one of the issues with Alec Manoa when he's been bad is he just works too damn slowly. He didn't last year. Same, same pace last year. What's the, the difference? The, he, I, I have no. Maybe he thinks that he can manipulate the pitch timer this year to his benefit. But I'll tell you what, I, they stole. See, seven, I think that's an excuse. They, no, I'm saying maybe. I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying he's trying to use it. I'm not blaming the pitch timer. Yeah. What I'm saying is they got seven stolen bases left. Kevin, they were waiting till. You knew he was going to hold the ball. You knew he was going to hold the ball until three seconds. Their whole team is. Kevin, they're they're really bad at it. You knew they were going to hold the ball until three seconds. You can time. Alec Manoa is the easiest pitcher I've seen to time up when you're in first base. Between the years, he's got a lot going on. You can tell that. He's got a lot going on. His catcher standing straight straight up and down. Straight up and down. Makes me chuckle. I've never seen it. I've seen everything. Play winter ball a bazillion years. I've never seen that. I mean, I've, I've talked about this. Listen, I think, I think. They're sloppy when they're out there together. They're just sloppy. Uh, Alejandro Kirk today is, you know, never mind throwing out base runners, the the roller down the first baseline. Get your ass up and get the ball faster. Um, yeah, again, Danny Jansen, we don't know what his injury, what his situation is. He's going for an MRI today. You know, I mean, it, I, I hope it's not serious because if I have to watch Alejandro Kirk five days out of seven, I'm going to throw stuff through my TV set. I just am. I just am that what you saw from him today. You made the point about him standing up. It was an unpro, it was an unprofessional game from a catcher. That might be the worst 
game I've seen a catcher have in the major leagues in many a year. It was awful. Well, it looks a lot worse it when your pitcher can't awful. locate certain pitches that he really needs Having to Having said locate, that, Alejandro Kirk got three hits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, as we said, there's a ton to talk about. We'll, we'll talk about Alec Manoa's pace and why pace is so important with Ryan Dempster. I want to talk to you about that as well, obviously, as having played the game. Jeff Passan, ESPN's MLB insider, joins us. Thad Levine, Whoa. the senior VP and general manager of the Big Minnesota show. Twins. He will be along. So uh, it's a good show. Back leg line is 416-413-3959. Yeah. All right. The Jays lost three of four to the Rays. Yeah. They're 26 and 25. They have lost three series in a row, I believe, to AL East teams. They are, without question right now, the worst team in the best division of baseball. Not close. And it ain't close. A um, big separation between the first team and the last team. A big one. Yeah, huge. A well, what are we? One. Well, let's. let's Why well, just not numbers? Just by watching them play, the way yeah. they play, how hard they play, how, smart, today, how smart they play, today was, how their at-bats look. Today, Dalton uh, Marshall uh, got pinch hit for in the ninth inning with the bases loaded, Jeff, with one out. When he faced Shane McClanahan yesterday, yeah, this, he's sitting in the two-hole. I got, if you're Dalton, how you thinking about that? You, you think you might want to raise your hand in that meeting? I was okay to, I was, huh. I was okay Holy to, moly. I was okay to face Shane McClanahan yesterday, the best left-hand pitcher in baseball. But with a potential game-winning hit on the line or with a potential important at bat on the line. last year. Only, he only hit you one yanked, of those against the lefty. You yanked me out of the lineup for a dude. Hitting in the two-hole. You yanked me out of the lineup for a dude. Ernie who, Clement. Yeah, for Ernie Clement. I, I mean, well, it'll, make you, it'll make you... Listen, make you some, some of the pinch-hitting decisions that have been made by this coaching staff this year have been... I mean, get it. The dude's left-handed and Pache. Uh, it's a breaking ball and a four-seamer. It's not Shane McClanahan. No. My thought would be, you let me face that dude. You can't let me face this guy with the bases <laughs> loaded and one out. Let you me let face me face Shane McClanahan. Thanks for that. That's bad. <laughs> and then another thing, too. Boy. We're going to get to the pitching in a minute, I swear to God. This drives me around the bend. If Whit Merrifield is okay to pinch hit, he's no, no, okay. no. Let, let me finish. Not Whit. Whit Merrifield came up and pinch hit for Nathan Lucas. I thought you were talking about George Springer. Well, George, there you go, my number two guy. If you're okay to pinch hit, to me, this is what I loved about Gibby. A day off meant day off unless we're playing 17 unless innings. Unless you're in, the last, in less place. And unless, you're, unless you're in last place. Well, you, you know what the answer is. If George Springer's good enough to pinch hit in you, the ninth inning of a game, you, you, he's good enough to you play. Know, you Come know, on. You know what the answer is. Come on. Uh, you know what they're going to say. They, he's played 14 games in a row on turf. Good. Play 15 they, games in a row and then give him the day off in Minneapolis. You know what they're saying. Until yes. you're in last place. Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, that reeks of panic. Oh, uh, no question. They're panicking. You wouldn't be? Yeah. They're calling team meetings. I've well, been in a bazillion of the- All right. Yeah, well, let's, we'll deal with that in a minute. Let's go. John Schneider was asked after the game about um, – just about this this series and and how badly his team played. Uh, shout out to Kevin Biggio for a big error today and a double play ball. Wasn't an error. Just a play not made. It's not going to. It's not going to show up it in the box mistake. score. It's an error. It yeah, that's my point. Is it's it a, a it's a clean play. It's out of the inning. It's a tie game yeah. instead of being two to one. And then here, Alec Manoa goes again. Play. Has to do whatever yeah. he's trying to do on the mound. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. Again, I'm I'm. I don't. I don't want to turn this into bashing Kevin Biggio, but yeah. don't you can, I, I, there's I keep, a lot to go keep, around. You can bash a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, you but have, I keep hearing that he's. Here's the thing: I keep hearing he's good at certain things, and to me, he screws up those certain things. So, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Nathan Lucas, Ernie Clement, Kevin Biggio. 
Does that scream postseason to you? Well, I would almost tell you that what they have in the minor leagues is is worse than very Kevin young. Anyhow, and yeah, uh, this is John Schneider after the game today. A, a, a meeting. They called the meeting. Which, anyhow, I'll, I'll let Barker talk about meetings. Meetings are well, eyewash. Well, well, <laughs> meetings are eyewash. But this is John Schneider talking about the meeting. You got punched right in the face the last ten days or so, and you got to understand that, and you got to make adjustments, and you got to have the right um, attitude. You got to have the right focus going forward, and. And talking to the guys, you know, and hearing them, it's uh, it's got to happen tomorrow. And, yes, it's a tough division. Yes, that's a good team. And we're still a, a good team, too. So little things today, you know, you out-hit the opponent again. You don't control the running game. You're careless with the baseball. Can't happen. So uh, starting tomorrow, it's a, uh, it's a new series. And hopefully uh, those things are, are taken care of. Yeah, so the Jays had a players-only meeting, John Schneider said. That, and it's weird. They... they I don't think it was a players-only meeting because John Schneider said the players called it and then said he was in it. So, I, I don't know. But anyhow, they had a meeting. Maybe they're doing all the talking. He's just listening. They had a meeting. You know what you do when you're in, when in doubt, have a meeting. Right? Everybody can get together. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and tomorrow, they're all going to hit. They're all going to hit better. No, it never works that way. Anyhow. It's about the dude you're facing. It, it, it. <laughs> Again, I, I sadly have been in a bunch of those because they don't call team meetings when you're winning. Doesn't happen. Usually, oh, all the time. When you're when you call a team meeting, it's normally the 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 big boy in the room. I'm assuming it was Chapman or Bo Bichette. Probably not Bo. I, I would assume it's Matt Chapman or or somebody that's doing really well. It's never an Alec, Alec Manoa didn't call that, or Kevin Biggio didn't call that, or Alejandro Kirk didn't call that. They didn't call that. That's the point. I those, mean, if, those, Alec those Manoa, meetings, if Alec Manoa calls those, a meeting, I'm walking out because I'm those, saying, dude, you didn't show up yeah. three hours before. I ain't showing up for your damn meeting. Those, those meetings are a little tough to take sometimes because they are basically pointing the finger at the people that stink. They ain't trying to stink. You just are in front of all of your teammates telling you without telling you that you're the reason why we're losing. It's not the easiest thing to take. It, may, it, it gets borderline to where you get you going the bad people in one direction, the other people that are really good and having good seasons going the other direction, and then that's when your team starts to not be where it wants to be. I, it just never works. Like it, it starts to be like, thanks, obvious. It's obvious that I'm not throwing my sinker where I want it to go or my fastball. My slider was really good. Did you notice that today? I got some swing and misses on. I think I had six strikeouts on it. You know, again, it's the the team meetings sometimes are they're a real they're a real tough time, thing to take. It's just because normally normally it's the dude that's having a really good season that does all the talking. It ain't the dudes that are really bad that are standing up going, yeah, it's my fault. Like, it's my fault we stink and, you know, we're in last place and we can't beat a team in the American League East. And they're real quiet most of the time. So, Matt Chapman uh, was asked about the meeting. Uh, I'll just keep that between the team for now. Look, you know, I think that <clears throat> everything gets magnified when you're you're not winning. I think just the, uh, you know, I, I think there's small things we can take away, but for the most part, you know, 
we we just haven't we we got to play better. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. We have to play better, and I think the biggest thing we need to work on is finding ways to <clears throat> win games when maybe we're not you know tearing the cover off the ball or maybe you know we have had some defensive miscues all around um we haven't been able to maybe just finish off innings on the mound you know so <clears throat> you know we win as a team we lose as a team i wouldn't say that there's no you know there's no rhyme or reason to why you know we're going through this stretch right now but i think you know the way the way for us to get out of it is to just you know come together as a team find ways to win you know it might not be pretty but you know we need to get back in the win column it doesn't matter how we do it uh, just find a way to win games and just compete and you know maybe just put, put the focus on you know winning the ball game well i'll tell you what um i would if any team can find a way to win that isn't pretty it's these guys that's a great answer though he stood up and answered for his team. Like that's he's obviously one of the leaders on that team. If you if you're a, you're a fan of the Blue Jays and you're yelling and screaming for leaders, it's obviously Matt Chapman is one of those people. Who the other ones are, your guess is as good as mine. But that's a very good answer. Like Matt all Chapman of the things is, that he says, Matt Chapman's hitting under two hundred this he's month. He's an experienced guy. You uh-huh. know, I'm I'm sure he's one of the guys that stood up and. Yeah. Had a conversation about what it takes to win baseball games and mm. give him credit for that. Like that's not the easiest thing to do to you know you know it. You've asked those questions yeah, before. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not easy to do no, that. It isn't. So so he's at least doing it. That you give him credit for that, but it is The Jays like did the Jays did digging yourself a big hole. Yeah, they are. The Jays, did put, League East, the Jays did put a couple of runs across in the ninth inning and uh the game ended with uh Vladdy. Chasing an OO slider. It's confusing to me. Vladdy uh, today, Vladdy had a single. He had three ground ball, four ground ball outs, if you include that fielder's choice. What was it, 13, 14, 15 ground ball outs? Zach Eflin, Eflin had 13 of those. Zach Eflin was, uh, that's Zach Eflin. That's his MO. It, it is, but you would think a, a lineup that's struggling, change it up. I mean, he's rolling, he's throwing a bunch of ground balls. The sinker's good, the cutter's good. Like the little curveball that he throws is good. Like he's locating it well. He's having a good season. That's the reason why he's throwing more pitches that he can throw for strikes and have late movement, making adjustments, scoot closer, try and hit the ball the other way. I don't know. Do do something different. Instead of just going up and grounding out 13 times against one pitcher and then a couple of times against some other pitchers. That 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 for me is in-game adjustments. Like it's sometimes when it's bad, you gotta do Things that you just don't normally do. <laughs> I scoff. Hey, I'm scooting closer. Hi, I'm scooting closer. Just to let you know. Hey, catcher, you see me moving? Because he's not going to do that to me anymore. If I'm going to get out, I'm going to fly out. So, all right, let's what let's get let's get back let's get back to Alec Manoa. Um, and there's some drama around this because when Alec Manoa came out of the game, he was obviously not very happy. We saw a discussion with him and Pete Walker. Um, we saw a discussion with him and John Schneider, John Schneider taking him out of the game mm-hmm. and, and Pete Walker disappeared Well, for, for, for a large I, part of I the game. Ask, and I was told that Pete is, was sick. Okay. But people are going to, you know, people are going to put two I'm and two just together you what I was told. and say that he went full John Gibbons, Ted Lilly on him. Well, now, Pete, people are going to think that Pete's way. not like that. People are going to think I that I asked way. a pretty good source. I know you, I, I know you did. I know you did. But and there's a virus going around. I have. What? I didn't get back much better. No, it's <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's what I was told, true. and normally this person doesn't lie to me. Uh man, oh man. Uh, the Jays go on to play the Minnesota Twins tomorrow. Um, 
They'll have a ton of fans there. There'll be the usual horde from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba going down to those mm-hmm. games. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, you've got man, you got a crisis situation. You got the two dudes going. You want this time? You got Gossman and, and you got and you got Bassett going. But I want to go back to Manoa, and I want to talk about the the question of pace because Buck made this point during the telecast. Danny Jansen with with Danny Jansen catching his last start. It was a much better Alec Manoa. You don't have to be a baseball expert. The pace was better. There uh-huh. was just there was more of a flow. There was more of a rhythm to, yeah. to what he was doing. Today there wasn't. Today everything. I mean, if there had been a, a seventy-five second pitch clock, he would have taken seventy-three seconds to throw the pitch today. It just it was uh-huh. it was awful. Now, and we'll talk to Ryan Dempster about this. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the importance of pace, both. Yeah, for a hitter, but also for a pitcher. Because yeah. you've been around mo- that pitcher. Most, most of the time, and you know this, you've covered enough baseball, most of the time when you see a player slowing it down, he, he's fighting something. Like, it's it's just not, I'm not just getting up there, I'm standing there, I'm swinging the bat. But everybody says pitch. you're not, supposed to slow the game down. They don't, they've never played baseball. <laughs> that, that's not true. Right. Uh, it's not true. You know this. Like, whenever you're slow, methodical, like, it's not normal looking, normally, when that's the case, you're fighting something. Like, hitting... Fielding, whatever it is, throwing a baseball, whatever it is, it's no different. I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't see a difference other than when Danny Jansen would call, say, the slider, and it would go where he wanted it to end up. He would give Alec Manoa the, yeah, all right, right there. Like, he would give him the, I'm with you. Me, It's me and you against whoever we're facing. I can do it. See Kirky do that? That's the only thing I saw different. I, he was getting the sign quick enough. It wasn't a ton of shaking off. He was setting up in the same places that Danny Jansen sets up. That for me. Except he was jumping up like a jack in the box. That's against one hitter. That's against one dude that obviously they wanted him to stand straight straight up and down. (laughs) Straight up and down with, which is just odd. I've never seen that. It's odd. You'll see something if you watch enough baseball that you've never seen before. I saw that today. Tell me, am I missing something? I'm pretty good about not missing things. And if I don't understand it, I usually... We'll go ask. Kevin, I, I don't see a difference from what well, Alejandro the big, Kirk was you know, doing today the and biggest what Danny Jansen did. No, the biggest difference, well, I mean, Kirk's just sloppy behind the plate. And, and, and that's because M- Manoa's fastball was all over the place. The other thing is he had no, he had no success with it. his two strike pitches today were abysmal. I mean, that second inning, he got in trouble. He, he got ahead of Rayleigh Owen two and walks him. I mean, he was having yeah, a difficult nine, time. ball counts. He didn't, yeah. didn't throw a ton of strike once. Yeah, he was fighting the fastball command today. It wasn't the slider. He had six strikeouts all on the slider. Like the slider's better today. But he, I, I mean, I'm asking you. But tell the me performance. If I, saw, if, I, if I didn't see what I thought I didn't see. Yeah, I. Tell I, me, because you were sitting right beside I, me. I absolutely. I think there was a big difference. A big difference in how that game was pitched and how that game was called and how that game was played with Jansen behind the plate compared to Manoa. Absolutely. Absolutely it mm. was. Manoa, or Manoa, with uh, Kirk behind the plate. He threw more sliders today because his slider was good. He threw more fastballs the last time because his slider wasn't any good, and he's trying to make it better by throwing more fastballs. He could locate it better. His misses were a little bit better. They were a little harder to take. He had a lot of non-competitive arm side. Arm sides up and away. He faced six Can I ask another question? It's tough. You ever seen Alejandro Kirk? Go out to the mound to talk to him. Did we see that? I've today? seen that. I have not. I don't know. It was, a, it was just three innings. Like, I, I'm just wondering. I have seen him do that. Would you like to see more? 
I just, sometimes I just get the impression that Alejandro Kirk's a passenger. And I understand you want your catcher. Hey, you want your catcher to be yeah. the, the guy in control. You know, you want him the, to be the calm dude and, and all of that stuff. With some people. But, man, I, I don't like know. He's like you want that. I, Alec Manoa, who's a finalist last year and had yeah. a really good season, maybe he should drive his own bus. I don't think he's capable. Would you like to see? Alec Manoa's not capable or Kirk? I, I don't think as a pair they're capable of doing it. Well, we've, seen I do it. we've seen him do it. I, Maybe not this year because Alec Manoa is fighting something. What's different from this year than last year? It's a tremendous question. Pitch You'd timer. have to ask Alec. I think the pitch timer is something to do uh, with it. That, okay, that's, that I'm, for me is an excuse. It's because, not an excuse. Because today he stood there for eight seconds I, Kevin, 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 waiting for the clock the to thing, go down. Kevin, I'm not saying so it, I'm not, that no, 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 I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm blaming him for letting it affect him. I'm blaming him for letting a, it affect him. Maybe it's not. It is. What else is different? Maybe is, is, is he bigger? Maybe he's bigger. Is his conditioning not as good as it was last year? I mean, nobody seems to want to come out and say that, but you sure get a lot of nudge, nudge, wink, winks when you talk to people about it. You talked about his rotation. He is very rotation. Yeah. That's why he misses a lot. So, big. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I'm searching for an answer here. But I, you mentioned this. They got no options. I mean, Mitch White is on the, the 60-day IL. I mean, I guess, you know, I Trevor could... Richards, I, start him. Well, he could, or I could, you know... Give I, him three I innings. mean, I, Drew Hutchison could give me three and a third innings, probably. But... Trevor Richards has been good. Where else? Yeah, but where else are you going to... Where else are you going to go? There's, there's, no, there's nothing, in, there's nothing in the minor league system. Else. There's nothing. Mm-mm. There's nada. Okay, let me ask you a question. You think they can turn this around with this Manoa? No. Then that's no your chance answer. in hell. Then that's your answer. You keep running him out there until he figures it out. And you pray every time, every five days, you pray. I mean, I will say, a little I, I will say this. I, I will. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take that back because we're focusing on Manoa here. Let's keep in mind this is a team that still doesn't hit with runners in scoring position. Like, yeah. let's, let's take a look at the, the, this is all about Alec Manoa today because of the drama and because of how messy it was and because they had a meeting and it was awful and it's all the, the bad stuff Alec Manoa was doing earlier in the year after having a good start with Danny Jansen and Jansen might be out for a while. Yeah. So this is the crisis. But you know what the overriding, the longer-term crisis is for this team is they can't hit with runners in scoring position. Their big boys aren't coming through. 13 ground ball outs today. Four from Vlad, including the fielder's choice. That's the issue with this team. If they were hitting... We'd be sitting here saying, man, what's happened to Alec Manoa? But you know what? Asking that question when you're in second place, five and a half out, or seven games over 500, you're going, okay, well, we got time. You know, there's something wrong with Alec Manoa. Maybe we rearrange the rotation. Maybe we skip a start, whatever. But, you know, hey, we're hitting. Our other guys, our other starting pitchers, three of them are giving us a chance to win. And the fifth, the the other guy, Kikuchi, looks like everybody else's fifth starter Mm -hmm. for the most part. So that's fine. Like, other than Alec Manoa, the pitching's been fine. So let's just not talk about that today. Let's look back at the series and back even before that, they're still not hitting. They're not. So I, I, I don't want to just turn this into, you know, pile on Alec Manoa here. No, there, not, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons this team yeah. is in last place. I would say starting pitching is the least of the reasons oh, no they're question. in last place. Oh, you're, you know. You can go with the lineup, you know and you can go with the issues they're having in the bullpen with Jimmy Garcia. 
you can you can look at those things. Um, so, but maybe again to your point, next start rolls around. Uh, it's at the Rogers Center against Milwaukee, I think, for Alec Manoa. Am I not mistaken? Yeah. Maybe you go with an opener. What what maybe what would with, that do? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that if that was here's all, the thing. all this it, issues it, were in the first inning. I would well, agree with no, that. Here's, but they're not. Here, here's the thing. Here's the th- it, just let me finish. When I say you go with an opener, I'm saying maybe maybe you go with Pearson or you go with Trevor Richards for three innings when I say opener. I'm not just saying one inning. Maybe you let them go for three innings. Give it a try. Why not? Have them miss a start. Maybe you know, maybe you don't do it because maybe you maybe there is quote unquote nothing to work on. Maybe that's the issue here. Because, again, all we hear is a good side session, good side session, good side session, great side session. Slider was great in the side session. Best side session I've seen. One of the best. I mean, that's all we hear about is side sessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's won the Cy Young Award based on side sessions. I guess the side Young Award, if you want to call it that. Oh, he's, he's won it. Nice. But I, I don't know what you – putting him in the bullpen, having him miss a start. What's that going to do? And And – you are right. I mean, I you know you ask about sending him down to Triple A. What, what is, he, is Alec Manoa going to be happy going to Triple A? And all I of mean, a sudden, it, it, this ain't about being happy. This is, is it, it going to be is, better is, is in Triple A? Is this going to solve your problem? Is it going to be uh, better in Triple A? There's no feelings in baseball. Yeah, okay, um, there's no feelings. But, Nobody cares about the feelings anymore. But Kevin, you're in last place. Does going? No, no, that's my point. Would it solve the problem? The answer to that right now, because you don't have any other options, is no. Who are you bringing up? Do you look at the free agent market? Do you look at the free agent market? They're going to have to hurry and do that. I, I really do believe. So, they, this is some, some Sometimes you just need to do it just to be doing it. And I think they're there, at <laughs> least for me anyway. I mean, I don't know what's out maybe, there. Maybe bring not, Madison Bumgarner. Bring maybe, Madison Bumgarner no, in. That's mm-hmm. right. I, you should pitch me then. If you're going to do that, pitch me. I mean, he's pitched about as well as I have this year. So what's what good with that? You've pitch? actually had a better year than Probably. he has. Probably. So I, something... You're just not gonna. You're just not gonna give in. Like you're just not gonna not do anything. Like there's holes in this team. Well, like we, they're so. Yeah, the, you know, uh, the, 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 you don't have a cleanup hitter. You thought you thought you thought you could win the World Series without a cleanup hitter. Think about that for a second. I mean, you can you can spin it any other way you want to spin it. You, you got to have dudes driving other, in other guys who know how to do it who know how to not walk to the plate. And I cannot believe I'm saying this because I am most of the time the one person that will always take up for Vladdy. But enough of the oh oh swing with the bases loaded. that Then the ball's not close. The Rays, they're running out there going, hey, you know what? Throw him a ball in, he'll get himself out. You see, Did you see Pache after he, after he rolled over to the third? He actually said, ha, it worked. Nice. You don't think that's what he said? Oh, boy. That's absolutely what he said. So yeah, it's it's a collection of a bunch of things. And do you think? Do you think he's? Do you think the hands bothering him? I don't know. You see how far he hit the homer with no batting gloves? Absolutely not. All right. You see how hard he swings? I'm just wondering if there's, if there's something there. You because see how this he is... has a big finish now. No chance. And I guess if anything, it does appear that it really that's hurt. his left hand too. It, it, that's, it appears, his bo- that's his bottom. It appears hand if it really hurts him when he's at home more than anything else. So. I see what you did there. Uh, six three, your Blue Jays, Mister Barker, losing to my Tampa Bay Rays. Well, they got nothing to lose now. I mean, no, you might as well try and make a run at this thing. 
Go out there and play with your hair on fire. Uh, Tad Levine is senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins. They are the Jays' next opponents. He's one of our favorite guests. He's he always got a lot of interesting stuff to say. He'll join us next. Ryan Dempster, Jeff Pass as well. Wait. Big show ahead. Awesome. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. And Sportsnet 590, the fan. I'll get this out right. And Sportsnet 360. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. Ryan Dempster, co-host of Intentional Talk on the MLB Network, will join us at 6 o'clock. Jeff Pass, an MLB insider with ESPN, will be along tomorrow. We will be joined by Jay's manager, John Schneider, for our uh, weekly session with him. And I uh, have to come up with some questions for John. Ask him about the team meeting. See, I... What's he going to say? Sure, he's had a bunch of them. Why do you have them? What do they do? Have they ever worked? Yeah. There's three questions. I mean, I, I, wonder, I wonder how many times there's, there's like team meetings in the minors. Generally, when that happens is there's... I've been in a bunch. In the minors, okay. Normally, it's the manager coming in and throwing the, the, the salad all across the room. It is. Uh, anyhow, the Jays are probably in the air right now. Well, maybe not. But uh, they will be in the air at some point uh, flying to Minneapolis. They will open a three-game series against the Twins tomorrow night. And it'll be Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Jays, Louis Varland for the Twins. And as we mentioned before, I'm sure there will be a ton of folks from Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta down there. Be fun. Uh, the Twins are 26-24. and 24. They are leading a tight American League Central division right now. And... Uh, Thad Levine is their senior VP and general manager. We're very pleased that he joins us on Blair and Barker. Thad, thank you so much for joining Kevin and myself. As always, it's it's uh, great to talk to you, and we appreciate your time. Um, it's very a simple housekeeping question right out of the gate. We know that Carlos Correa was uh, diagnosed with a muscle strain in his left foot arch and, and plantar fasciitis. Um, I don't believe he's been placed on the IL yet. Forgive me if that's, uh, if, if that has been done and my information's wrong, but I, I, I'm just wondering what his status is and, and you know, what type of an impact he's obviously a great player. What type of an impact would not having him in the lineup have in the team? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on guys. It's always been a pleasure. I just, my question I'd have to ask you guys is, does the Toronto Blue Jays coaching staff listen to your guys' show? Because I want to make sure I don't don't shoot ourselves in the proverbial foot by giving away too much information about Carlos here. Honest but to God, I'll, I'll honest to God, based on what we said in the first half hour, <laughs> I hope the hell they don't listen to our show, to be honest. <laughs> so, 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 so Carlos has been doing great. Uh, he, he played a ton for us uh, in, the, in the past few weeks. Uh, as a function of, we had an off day today. I know Toronto played today, but we had an off day. He was able to get off his feet yesterday and got the previous day off as well. So I think he's tracking very well right now. Uh, he'll come in tomorrow. We'll get him evaluated. We'll see what he's able to do heading into the series against the Blue Jays. But to answer your bigger question, he, he's a he's a real vital part of our team, as you guys can imagine. He he contributes a ton on the field. Defensively, he's in our estimation, one of the better shortstops in the game. Offensively, he's he's one of our best offensive players. And 
uh, to the extent you guys have been around him, and he, he's a real leader in our clubhouse. So it, he delivers across all platforms for us. When he's not active, he still is active in the clubhouse and is very involved with the guys. We're hopeful, though, that uh, all the fans that you mentioned descending from mm. the great north uh, down to Minnesota for this series will get a chance to see Carlos Correa play baseball. Dad, we're about 50 games into the season now. How does the front office for the Twins start looking at their team or at your team? Yeah, you know, I, I, my hunch is uh, that Toronto and Minnesota are not too dissimilar in this regard. You know, both both teams have real playoff aspirations. Uh, Toronto had a chance to play in last year, and I know their their goals are to get there and, and to extend their season well into October, as is ours. So so far, our pitching has been uh, really excellent. We we've been treated to very quality starting pitching. It was a real focus for us this offseason, building on our pitching staff. Our offense has been solid, but not yet spectacular. And I think we think we have a lot of talent up and down our lineup. Uh, we're trying now to get something closer to our opening day lineup back on the field. We have a few guys who are, who are very important to our lineup who are injured right now. But similar to Toronto, we're, we're bleeding in a, a number of young players from our prospect pool that we think are very promising for the future. So we're, we're playing the long game. We're probably playing in a slightly more friendly division than Toronto is right now. So we have a little bit more ability to be patient and give some of those young guys opportunities. But those fans who are going to come down from Canada are going to see a lot of our young prospects up here right now who are getting bona fide chances to contribute at the major league level. That early in the season, you know, I, we talked about what it's going to take for the Blue Jays to go where they want to go. And for me, the one thing that stood out was innings pitched by the starters. And I see the Twinkies are fourth in baseball in that stat. Had a big deal for you guys early in the season? Oh, it, it's an incredible deal for us. I mean, we, we have had such a knock on wood, consistent performance from our starting pitchers. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a stat that is necessarily as prominent as it once was, but the notion of a quality start, we're close to 50 games in eclipsing our total number from last year already. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're ranking towards the top of the major leagues in that stat, whereas last year we were towards the bottom. It just takes so much pressure off your bullpen when you're, your starting pitchers are eating up some of those innings. We know there's going to be games where you're going to have to lean into your bullpen. Uh, certainly those guys become very, very valuable down the stretch in, in games, but also in seasons and if you get into playoff series. But right now our starting pitching, we couldn't be happier with it. And that's uh, something to be said because we're, we're, we're missing Tyler Malley, who we lost for the season, and Kenta Maeda has been out for a while. So we've gotten great performances up and down our starting rotation. We've had to go seven deep already and. And number six and seven, Louis Varland, one a guy you'll see tomorrow night, and then Bailey Ober have pitched extremely well since coming up, and it's been it's really been a godsend for our team so far this season. You know that one of the sort of the storylines that in the AL East that a lot of people have been talking about is with the new schedule, you are going to get get less opportunities to make up ground head to head against teams. Like for example, the Jays don't face the Rays and the Yankees now until the end of September, the final the, the mm -hmm. final two weeks of the season. Now, I understand the, the, the Central Division, as you mentioned, it's a, the, the division has not been as strong as the AL East, but I've got to think that the same thing kind of holds true, right? You don't want to be too far behind in your own division at any point this year, do you? I mean, you need to be up, up at the top or very near the top. You need to stay within sniffing distance of the top because there is a fact that, you know, you may not be going head-to-head -head against teams you need to jump over until it's too late. 
Well, I, I think I think you guys hit it on the, the head there. Like, I think ultimately every team wants to be able to control their own destiny. All, every team has wants to have a path forward to winning their division, which will lead to home playoff games and potentially home field advantage in playoff games. And the only way to do that is to, to you know, people often ask me, how many games do you think you're going to win this year? And my answer is always the same, which is ideally at least one more than the second place team in the American League Central. And so the best way to achieve that is to beat the teams in your division uh, when you have opportunities to take care of business. And as you referenced, I, I didn't realize that was the case with Toronto. Now, the, the, the silver lining there, of course, is you don't have to face two of the best teams in the mm-hmm. American League mm-hmm. for, for a prolonged period of time. But to your point, the only way you can make up a full game in the standings is by beating a team in your own division that night. And so you, you kind of have to then rely on other things to happen late in the season for you to, to advance. So you want to be able to control your own destiny. You want to make sure you take care of those division games and you hope you have a real opportunity late to make up whatever ground you may need to. Have you seen a different Joey Gallo? He's got 11 homers sitting 211. I mean, the 211 is not surprising. 11 homers early in the season. Have you seen a difference from him? One season to the other. Joey's, so Joey's been great here. Uh, you guys obviously got to see a ton of him in the American League Central last year. I was fortunate enough to be in, in with the Texas Rangers when we drafted Joey. Uh, and so I got to know him when he was a young man. And I think, I think that's been helpful for him. Jay Tingler, our bench coach, was with him in Texas as a, as a major league coach, as a minor league coach throughout his tenure there. So I think there were some comfort zones for Joey coming here. And I think that's, I think that's played a, a real benefit for him to just feel like he can let his hair down and be himself. Uh, I think he's gone out there. He's played a really good first base for us. We've asked him to step in in that role. He's also been playing left field, right field. He's played a little bit of center field for us. But more than anything, he's been providing such a, a power source for us in the, you know, the middle of our lineup, which has been such a boon for us. Uh, so Joe, Joey's been terrific. Uh, having known him in Texas, I'm not surprised he's performing at this level. I, I think this market is perfect for him to to thrive and shine. And I think Rocco's done a tremendous job of supporting him and getting him in uh, a variety of different roles in our team. And our clubhouse is just very welcoming. And he's fitting in exceptionally well with our team right now. You know, one of the things we've seen around Major League Baseball, and it seems as if it's been the case in the the case in the past two weeks, is we've seen teams bring up young guys from their minor league system and have them make immediate contributions. And the Mets have done that. I mean, even the Dodgers have done that uh, with Miller. Now, Edward Julian uh, is is back with the Twins. Uh, he had a home run, knocked in a couple of runs. He scored twice in that uh, your seven one win over San Francisco on Wednesday. Um, what? What do you think the ceiling is for for Edward? And how important is it that in this day and age to have, you know, to have those guys that are either on the team or at AAA that can come up and not be overwhelmed and actually actually contribute, not just be not just fill the twenty six man spot, but go out in the field, play three or four days in a row if they have to and contribute. Well, we would be remiss not also noting that it's a, he's Quebec City's own. Edouard Julien, right. he's, uh, he's uh, so he, so I think I'll, I'll let me do my best in answering a few questions. If I miss anything, please let me circle back. But so Julian is a extremely advanced field to hit uh, player. He's always hit at every level. He's been in the minor leagues. Uh, he's, he's moved around the infield a little bit, third base, second base, first base. Uh, he played for team Canada in WBC. I think we felt that that was a really strong proving ground for him to get his feet wet. You speak of a transition to the major leagues. I think we felt that the WBC served for him 
as like a, 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 a arena for him to prove that he could com- compete at this level, contend against some of the best pitchers the, in the world, such that when he came up to the big leagues for us, it didn't seem like he was phased at all. And I think that's a huge element to this. Like even the best players tend to come to the big leagues. It takes a while for them to transition. And part of that is just the enormity of the transition from AAA to, to the big leagues. Of course, the pitching is much different up here, but every element of their, their day-to-day routine is very different. So he, he's made a very admirable transition. And I think in a bigger picture sense, for those teams who are aspirational going to the playoffs, for whatever reason, we're just seeing such a higher percentage of injuries in the big leagues over the last couple of seasons. You have to be deep to be able to get there. You can't have a significant drop-off from your starting nine to the next line of defense to the line of defense after that. It's certainly something we've been very attentive to when we tried to build out this 2023 roster was having guys surrounding our big league team like Kyle Farmer and Michael A. Taylor and Donovan Solano, who had big league experience and Willie Castro and Nick Gordon. And then at AAA, as you referenced, Edouard Julian was a guy who had not played at AAA before the season started, goes up there, is hitting extremely well, comes up to the big leagues. He's now in his second stint back up in the big leagues. And it's, it's seemingly very comfortable and so comfortable that Rocco's hitting him towards the top of the order and he's been contributing. So it's been very encouraging to see, but it's essential for us uh, to have that level of depth if we aspire to, to, to go wire to wire in the season and, and remain competitive. And I'm wondering, the, the new rules, uh, you know, the larger bases, pitch timer, the rules about disengagement, the mound and all that. Now, I've seen the Twins are, I think you're still at your 27th or 28th in, in, in the majors and stolen bases. But it seems to me you guys are incorporating the running game more into your game. And maybe selectively is, is how I would describe it. When, when, you, when your team is healthy, like when we're in the middle of the summer, do you think we're going to see more of that from the Twins and more of that from teams in general? Or do you think that maybe when the summer rolls in, it kind of the, 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 the stolen bases are going to slow down a little bit? You know, I, I think it is somewhat personnel dependent. So just objectively speaking, we, we, we don't have a team that is exceptionally uh, fast. And so where we're trying to really focus our attention when we look at the, the base running is, is less on specific to the stolen bases and more on how often are we going first to third? How mm-hmm. often are we going second to home? Are we taking advantage of balls in the dirt uh, and those sorts of things? Are we avoiding double plays? And, and you mentioned that we were 27th in stolen bases, which if that's the case, that's actually meaningfully up from where we had been as okay. recently as a couple of weeks ago when I think we may have been 30th. I think there was a running joke in our office. There may have been 90 players in the game who got to three stolen bases before our team did. Uh, so I, I think we're more attentive to that more comprehensive view of, of base running value. Uh, and, and I think that's a stat that we don't, we're not towards the top of the league, but we're closer to the middle of the pack. And I think that's something that's very realistic for our team to do. As the season progresses, I, I think it, it's going to be personal dependent. We have a few guys who are currently on the IL in, in, in Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, and Royce Lewis, all of whom can run. Uh, if those guys come up to the big leagues and start getting a decent number of plate appearances, I'm quite certain we'll see that, that base running number continue to head northbound. Dad, really good of you to yeah. join us today. We always appreciate your time, especially in an off day. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, Take good care. luck. It's Thad Levine, Senior VP and General Manager of the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Um, and they are, the, one of the things, you know, the Twins fan, one of the things I do like watching, and one of the things I've really enjoyed watching this year has been, uh, has been Buxton. He just looks, he, he looks like he's finally 
fully, fully healthy. He's played 45 games, um, too, which is – yeah, Thad, I think, talked yeah. about that the last time we were on, about, you know, he didn't want him to run 100% to first base. Yeah. You know, how dare you say that about a baseball player not hustling full out all the time. But, you know, he's a guy that's had some issues trying to stay on the field, and they're trying to do the little things to, yeah. you know, just sort of push him to September and hopefully into October if you're a Twins Does, fan. I like watching Sonny Gray. I, I was about – that that's where I was going. Because he doesn't wear an undershirt, which is kind of funny. You know, you know, a pitcher out there. What? Yes, he's Taco he, meat. Why well, he buttons it down here, right? And you, it's hanging, you know, all this – it's sort of, sort of funny to watch. He's getting a lot more extension on the sweeper and the cutter and the sinker. I mean, if you're a Jays fan, thank good she's not facing him. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. Like it's, it's. They it, tried to get really him. He really is. Well, of course they did. I mean, I mean, you, know that, you hear that all the time. Yeah, I know that's true. It's get back to me when you acquire the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. They say that yeah, all the, the time. The well, stuff, we tried. The, well, the yeah. stuff. You didn't try hard enough. Because he's the, a Twinkie. The trades, <laughs> the trades that don't get made are always the most interesting ones. Ugh. Unfortunately, about eighty percent of them tend to be BS. Um, Joe Ryan and uh, and and Sonny Gray, both the Jays will miss both of those guys. So yeah. you're getting you're getting a break there, no question. Um, but it is it, it it's kind of. I was looking at the central standings just before Thad came on, and I was I was just kind of thinking about that. How um, you know we've tried we've talked about what difference this new schedule is going to make, and mm. I think that we we kind of hit on it. What you don't want to do, and this is why I have real concerns about the Blue Jays right now is you do not want to get buried early when you're like, as it is right now, they're not going to get a chance to go head to head against the Yankees or the Rays until the, the, the final two weeks of the season. Yeah. Those are two teams. Well, they're not going to get ahead of Rays. They're going to have to get ahead of one of those teams to secure a playoff spot. It's almost like you have to they play 600 are. ball the rest of the they way, just are. which is, that's not the easiest thing. And also whenever you mentioned the the, the standings and they were like two games above 500, and where the Jays are at, two games above 500, they'd be in last place in the East. Right. That That's how fortunate you are, but right? Again, it's it's but about it's, the division you play correct. in. Correct. And it's not just that. It, it is. It's not just that. It's about how many teams are between you and first. Like oh, if you yeah. Be, that's why if you're the mm-hmm. Twins, because they're going to be playing the same schedule. Sure. They're not going to play as many teams in the Central. They're right. going to be playing other teams. But, but the other, the other teams, teams in the Central stink. are good. They Correct. stink. You can say it. So They're it's, not good. It's really, and I think that's why you, you kind of got that sense from Thad. That's why with the injuries they have and everything, if you can, if you can stay in first place, regardless yeah. of what your record is, if you can stay in first place and mm-hmm. essentially the schedule, you know what happens? The schedule runs out on teams. The schedule just runs out point. on It's you. a great point. I chuckled, though, when, when Thad said they were seven deep already in the rotation. And I was thinking of the Jays. Who would their sixth guy be? I mean, I, who, yeah, whoever yeah. is pitching like, for Buffalo tonight. Who, I, I, I don't know. That's So I chuckled at that. Like, I... But I should I shouldn't be no, but I did. But whenever, you know, whenever he said that, and I've I've made a point <laughs> of talking about this. Every yeah. every team, even the big market teams now, and it's maybe it's just because of the way it, it it's just kind of been a fluky thing this year. But the Mets, the Dodgers, their payrolls are astronomical, and they they got young guys that they're bringing up yeah, well, and they're throwing out there the and they're Mets competing. Record? It's not good. I mean, there are a couple of games above 500, too. Again, but, when you're in other divisions and not the American League East, you can get off to a, a, a suspect the point is, start Kevin, the point is and still make up The point for is they're the, not they're – The not, Jays are burying themselves. The, the, the point is they're not bringing up the Ernie Clements of the world. They're bringing up guys that they drafted, they signed, they developed, 
These guys may not be everyday it's players, okay but you know what? Under, they brought like, up a game above 500 and being in first Mets, or second place. The Mets, by the way, are 25 and 25, five and a half back. Well, we're, they're in second place. Uh, they're they tied with Miami. Yeah. It's like Miami maybe no, they're tied with Miami. Uh, their season would be over already in the East. <laughs> Blue, Blue Jays Blue Jays are ten, yeah. Blue Jays are ten and a half out. Yeah. In the AL East. It's crazy, right? Ten and a half. I mean, fingers crossed that something would happen Kevin, to Gosman. seven fingers crossed. There's like, seven games behind the Orioles. The question you have to ask yourself, and and this is this is gonna get real soon with Ross, is do you go out and try and make a splash? Do you think you're do you think the rest of your team, if you did go out and get a a good cleanup hitter, a good one that could drive in seventy-five runs the rest of the season, would it matter? I mean, like the rest of your team good enough to make up seven games I, or because you're gonna have to finish listen, second I've said, or third and listen, with the way Texas is and there are you're gonna have to there are a lot of teams in baseball. And Seattle's gonna get better. Like there, there are teams in baseball right now under underachieving teams that you could that might be in a position to want to make a move hurry. with them. There are there, you know, St. Louis. We talked about that. St. Louis, um, you know, San Diego. I mean, you may be able to find a trading partner, a team that also wants to quote unquote take shake things up. Well, I'll tell you what concerns me. You know, we spent all the time talking about what a great start Matt Chapman had, and we've kind of what's he going to get as a free agent, and do you even maybe think of signing him at some point if this thing continues to well, go the way it goes? Do you sit there and say? Later. If we're not getting any, if, if he's not going to resign, do we look at trading him? Absolutely, you do, without a question. Ryan Dempster is co-host of Intentional Talk on the MLB Network. Jeff Pass and his MLB insider at ESPN. Guess what? They're going to join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. Aaron Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans of Sportsnet 360. I'm getting ready for that series this weekend. My boys, my Twinkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the way you call. You can't call, like, you called the Twins the Twinkies to Thad Levine. You can't do that. Only a Twins fan can call them the Twinkies because it's a term of endearment. I hit a homer in the big leagues. I could do that. So, nice try. But it's a term of endearment when we call them the Twinkies. Well, he, he didn't correct me. Three-game series starting of, tomorrow. He's a friend of the show. He Kevin Gossman, me. Louis Varlin, Chris Bassett, Pablo Lopez. Oh, I wish they traded for Pablo Lopez. Anyhow, Jose Barrios against Can Bailey Can I don't know about that. Uh, the Jays, 6-3 losers to the Tampa Bay Rays today at Tropicana Field. Uh, the Jays are 26-25. and 25. Losing Ooh. to AL East teams this year, unfortunately, is nothing new for the Blue Jays. But holding players' meetings is something new for the Blue Jays. They held a meeting after the game. And, uh, well, that, of course, means that they are now going to go on a 13-game winning streak and put themselves back into first place. Fingers crossed. Because that always the happens first time after it uh, Watching Alec Manoa today was painful. And... <laughs> We talked about this a lot. We talked about this a lot in the first hour of the show. Danny Jansen caught Alec Manoa in his last start. Pace was good. Rhythm was good. Alejandro Kirk caught him today. It was the same old, same old. More of the same. Slow working. 
uh, you know, hanging onto the ball till the two seconds. I mean, all that stuff. Then one of the reasons the Rays were able to steal seven bases is you pretty much knew when it, you could you could look at the pitch timer and say, oh, he's going to throw the ball now. So off I go. Uh, it was a tough day for Alec Manoa. Mm. And it, we, we talked a little bit about this, and I want to broaden the discussion. And that's why I'm glad Ryan Dempster, co-host of Intentional Talk yeah. on the MLB Network, joins us. And, and uh, Ryan, we do thank you for joining us so soon after after your own show. Um, I, I wanted to have kind of a deeper discussion about pace. Like we talk about pace and obviously they keep stats about pace. Now, Alec Manoa is, was last year, one of the slowest workers in baseball this year. His pace is still down near the, the, the bottom. Talk to me about pace and it, is it important? Is it more important for a pitcher or does pace have a bigger impact on the dude standing at the plate? Uh, I think it's individualistic. Uh, you know, if you if you work fast and you're comfortable there, then you work quick. If, you know, I mean, everybody has to have a little pace now because of the way the rules are with the timer and stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting what you say about you know letting the clock run down, and then obviously, like you know, position players will talk about that. If the clock's going to run down, you know, especially if you've thrown over before, things like that. I'm going to go because you can almost time it. Like we're seeing a lot of that. It's the timing lead. It's like where they watch the clock and when it gets down to one, they're going to, it gets down to two or one, they're going. So, yeah, I just think, you know, it's a, it's a world of navigation for guys. It's something new this year for guys that maybe weren't in the minor leagues that have to experience it now. So just, uh, you got to figure out what works best for you. I I always like to work quick. I like to get on the mound and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like getting in your box. I used to box a little bit. You get in the ring and, you just sit back and constantly wait to get hit or you go in and start being the person doing the hit. And it's a lot more fun that way when you're the aggressor. Uh, Deb, there's a lot of people running on the Blue Jays. Like it's a, it's a marathon. They get on base and they run. I mean, it's still second. It's still third. But my question is, is it, is it hard for an established big league pitcher to learn how to hold base runners at first or second? Um, you know, if you've had certain patterns that have been away, like that, there's some guys notoriously, they just got run on a lot. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at Craig Maddox, the guy's in the Hall of Fame, and people stole bases on him all the time. He didn't yeah. really care. He just worried about getting the hitter out. Like, did he want to, you know, you can do things like holding the ball, especially, I think the big one is the second and third. You know, you can hold, do different looks, look at the runner twice, look at him once, don't look at him. You can change all those things. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's definitely, you know, it's part of the game, and it's really started to come back into the game now. Um, kind of went away for a few years, and and that's just you know you're you're putting yourself in a bind, right? You're putting runners in scoring position, or maybe with one out they're stealing third. Now a fly ball or ground ball gets them in, so you got to figure out a way to be able to do that. Maybe that's managing the clock. Maybe that's you know altering your holds. And maybe it's looking at some video. Maybe they see something. Like I, I was a guy who tipped thrown over to first base. I didn't find out until Derek Lee told me after being my teammate for twelve years. Finally. <laughs> I'm like, 12 years have gone by, and you're just telling me now? He goes, well, I didn't know if I'd go to a different team, so I wanted to make sure I was okay. But, um, you know, it's it, you can have a little nuances. That, pitch, that first base coach is fine, and they and they can steal bags on you. Yeah, but I was never on a good team in the big leagues. The teams that I were on were not very good. We finished third all the time. So having players-only meetings was not a thing when I was in the big leagues, right? Minor leagues, there was a bunch of those. You'd have managers come in throwing food and stuff to try and get kids to run the ball out and all those kind of things. But I, I, I just want to get your thoughts on when you hear of a players-only meeting on a team that has high expectations, what, what are they trying to accomplish in those meetings? I, I think, you know, trying to just, like, 
A, you're trying to elevate each other. The core, the core of the meeting is because most of the time, I will say that 99% of the time is we're not playing good baseball. Mm. Um, you know, like for example, in 2013, we actually, with the Red Sox, we had a team meeting after winning five in a row just for fun. <laughs> and we had a players only meet. I was just talking about this on it was, Hey man, I don't want to hear if your player, you know how you can determine whether or not your players only meeting is effective. If, if not a single member of the media, if not, if not another teammate or anybody, you don't hear nothing from the, you don't understand what went on in the meeting. It's none of our business, it's yeah. their business. Mm-hmm. And so keep it that way. Don't tell anybody. Like when we had our players only meeting, I'm, I'm dead serious. When we did that, we actually beat the blue Jays at Fenway park in a big series. We played well. Then we went down to Tampa and we just thought, let's do a players only meeting. Nobody ever has them when you're going, going well, we only do it when it's bad. And John Farrell was our manager and he called me in the office. He said, what's this all about? And I said, skip. I mean, it's a players only meeting. If it was the players and coaches, you'd know. <laughs> and he just looked at me, laughed like that. He, I just, I, he said, well, I got to tell the media something. I said, tell them playoff shares. And this was in May, you know, like we were, <laughs> my point, my, my point being is like, you, you can't tell anybody. Yeah. You go home and your wife says, what was the meeting about today? It's none, nobody's business but ours. And I think when you do that, you really can bond together and become effective. And, like, there's things we can do and be, be doing better. I know, listen, you ground the ball to shortstop, and you're going to be out at first base. I get it. But if we just start running a little bit harder, if we just start making things a little bit sharper, if we just come in from the bullpen and throw strikes, if we can just establish tempo as the starting pitchers, if we can just do these little things, all the little things, it's nothing big. you got all the talent in the world. Their team is so talented. They're, they're starting rotations. Everybody's got it. You just have to – just don't take anything for granted. Play a little bit harder. Like today's super important. Only today. That's the only thing that matters. And I think that message comes across and then it stays within the locker room. Now you start to see, this, see those things work. Mm. I'm wondering uh, – I'm not going to ask you what you would do with Alec Manoa, but uh, this is a guy who is – not been very good this year. He, he's seen signs of frustration on his part in the dugout today. Um, there may or may not have been something that happened the clubhouse. We don't, we don't know. But, um, I mean, it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go for him. He, hasn't, he was okay with Danny Jansen behind the plate. Uh, Danny Jansen's now hurt and might be out for a while. My point is this: like, there's, they have nobody at AAA that can come up and start for them. I guess they could bring Drew Hutchison up, and he might be able to give him three innings or something like that. But what do you do with this situation, Ryan? Do you just keep running? Everybody says just keep keep running a guy out there, keep running a guy out there. But I mean, this is, it's, it's, you know, his next start is gonna gonna be in June. Um, it's kind of got to be a point of concern at this at this point, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because of what, you know, I mean, look what he did last year and what he what he was able to accomplish and, and you know, the kind of the, the track record so far, the, you know, first-round pick and he kind of makes his way through the minor leagues and then comes up and has, you know, a Cy Young caliber season last year. And so we have expectations, but let's not forget, this is a young man. He's only 25 years old, you know. he's It, 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 it isn't always this way. And, I mean, he's, you know, sitting here at 62 career starts in his life. Like when you have ups and downs, you go through different things and it's hard because you're a contending team. It's one thing if you're a team that's at the bottom, you know, bark, like where you're sitting there saying, you know, we're not good teams. Those guys can run out and pitch every fifth day. That's how I learned to pitch Mm -hmm. in the big league. I mean, I I made the all-star team in 2000 and in 2001, 
you know, I had a four, nine or whatever it was ERA. Like I finished the year. It was a grind, man. It's a lot to, to pitch every fifth day. And I will say that about him. Like you got to take the positives away. You were making a start every fifth day. And while it hasn't been perfect, it also hasn't been as bad just because it isn't as good. Like, it's not awful. The, you know, he had his first start of the year, not good, right? Like, not a good start. Then he had the start on April 16th against Tampa Bay. They got him. Like, there's something with Tampa. Maybe they got pitches. Maybe there's something you got to look for. They, the way you're pitching to him, are you falling into patterns, you know? And then, then it's a good start. Then it's a decent start. Like, you know, he was going five innings, two runs, seven innings, no runs. He's going along. And then it's just like this inconsistent, you know, just struggling to get depth and, and, and length into the game you know, two of his last four starts aren't very good. And it's just been mediocre in between there. It hasn't been awful. He's only had two, I would say, he's had one awful start where he gave up seven and, and a bad start on opening day. Other than that, it's just been okay. And he's also had some really good games. Like, so, you, you know, over the course, listen, you make 30 starts in a season, five games, you can throw your glove on the field and you win. You just look at the hitters and they're out. That's how it works. Then you have five starts where you can't get anything right. And then you have 20 starts where you have to determine your season. And he's just in two months into his season. He's got a long way to go and he's making the start every fifth day, but he's got to figure it out himself and he's got to put the work in You rely on your coaches. But I don't think he's been as bad, even though the numbers say it, I just think the numbers are there because he hasn't gone deep into ball games and maybe he can figure that out, um, you know, over the next little bit. And I hope he does. Cause I just love watching him pitch. Yeah. Damn. Thank goodness for Chris Bassett. You know, I couldn't believe, I, I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that when, whenever I saw him in spring training, I nicknamed him needy because he has all these pitches. He's trying to figure out lanes of where catchers are setting up. Like there was, uh, you know, a lot for these guys to try and figure out how to catch him. He's something else, right? Having seven pitches calling your own game in the big leagues can't be the easiest thing to do. And oh, by the way, hurry up and do it. You know, you're, you're, you you got to throw this thing in a hurry. He's something special, huh? He, he really is, man. You hit it. Like, he was good in Oakland. There was a reason the Mets went and got him in the trade. Like, and then he pitched well in New York to get himself a big. This guy can pitch, man. You're darn right. And he's got a bunch of different tools, and he doesn't waste any time. And, you know, he, he's been a leader of this pitching staff. And that, that's, what a, that's what a good pitching staff does, man. And they, they pick each other up. When one guy's struggling, another guy you got to carry the weight. You know, Kevin Gossman's done a good job, and Kikuchi's been, he's been okay this year, you know. But, like, you know, Chris Bassett has been awesome. Just came off that huge scoreless streak, and he's been a savior for, for that team. Even though the results aren't there, they're going to pay dividends throughout the course of the season. Ryan, I'm wondering, as you look at the AL East, obviously we spend a lot of time focusing on that. The Baltimore Orioles are still in second place. Uh, they don't look like they're they're going to go away. We ceased, ask, ceased asking the question as to whether or not they're real anymore. I mean, I think they are. But I wanted to ask you about your former team, the Red Sox, because – I, I think some of us were quick to write them off as well. And it you get the sense that some of that pitching is starting to fall into place a little bit. And I, I'm going to ask you, where, do you think that they're, they could be capable of moving up in that division? Yeah, I think you need, you need a little bit more out of a couple of the pitchers, you know, like, you know, you move Corey Kluber to the bullpen, you know, does that help? Maybe as a long guy, like, it, you know, it's hard when we get older, you know, I'm not calling him old. Trust me. He's only 37, right. but like he's still got a lot of innings. When I say old, it's because we log a lot of innings. Your stuff doesn't tick up a whole bunch. You know, it's not like a young guy that goes down there and all of a sudden goes from 92 to 95. Like 
It's just a little different. But, you know, I mean, a healthy Chris Sale, like, wow, this guy's back to being who Chris Sale is. Um, you know, James Paxson back off the IL. So they have some pieces there. They've, they're moving around with the pitching staff and figuring all that out. I think offensively they're just they're good. I think they'll continue to score runs and be right there offensively. I just wonder, you know, from a rotation, when you're when you're moving multiple guys, you take Pavetta and you put him in the bullpen, you take Kluber, you've got to replace him with somebody. Now these guys got to pitch well. And as we know, and we were just talking about with the Jays, starting pitching, man, that'll win you a lot of games. And, but but I think, that, you know, honestly, I look at this division, dude, and I, I don't think anybody's going anywhere. I think they're all really good teams, and it's going to be an awesome thing to watch all year long. And it's going to be fun. Ryan, we're going to let you run, yeah. man. Thanks for doing Great this. Stuff. Great insight. Thank you so much. You got it, guys. Anytime, man. Take care. It's Ryan Dempster, co-host of Intentional Mm. Talk on the MLB Network. It's interesting about Um, the team meeting. And again, I just want to jump in. I just want to thank him for joining us because their show was just on. Great stuff. MLB Network. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it, it's interesting. It is. I love that story. Never worked every time I I, was in one, but I love that story about the Boston Red Sox, the (laughs) team meeting in the middle of a winning streak. Yeah. And it's such a like if 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 you know Dempster, you can you can actually you can absolutely see him being a, being a part of that. Yeah, um, you know, and of course the Red Sox team meetings, the lore, you know, Kevin Millar, the everybody sitting around and having a shot of bourbon before they went out to play the Yankees and all yeah. that. But that is, uh, yeah, that's a real, that's a real Red Sox, that's a real Red Sox thing to do is to hold a team meeting when you're in the middle of a winning streak. It is, um, and you know, and I mean, I guess it depends. It, it depends on the makeup of your. Uh, of your clubhouse as well, I would think. You know, it, I guess I, I'd again. Demp, Demp said it right when you're not. You're most of the time you're not calling those if you're doing well. Like yeah. you're, you, you, they did it because it's ha ha. Let's you know, let's just keep it going and and poke fun at it. But most of the time you're pointing fingers. I mean, you're not really doing that, but you are doing that. You're basically telling people that that are supposed to be doing things. You're not doing it. You're not telling them that, but you're basically doing it and telling them that in a team meeting in front of all your buddies. So you got to be careful with doing all those kind of things. And I don't know, maybe this team's different. Maybe this is one of those teams that'll 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 band together and I mean, and start not chasing. Oh, whoa, with the bases loaded, maybe that'll be it. You know what? What really what really concerns me about this is, um, yeah, I I don't I don't know if. I don't know how good this team is supposed to be. I, no, I know how good it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be good enough to go to the playoffs. But, you know, sometimes you, I don't think you can always fool the players. I think the players kind of realize what's going on. And I, and I wonder if they look at, at this team right now. Look at the lineup that was out there today and ask themselves, are we really good enough? Are we really well, good Nathan enough to Lucas go to the playoffs? Sixth. For the Blue Jays, my point in a, entirely in a, in a big game. I'm not taking anything away from the middle. No, the middle. But, the middle of the order was Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman, Nathan Lucas. Yeah. Now you, George Springer right, was given the day off. Well, no, he wasn't. He was well. He was given the day off, but he pinch hit. Um. Yeah, I I don't. I've been saying this for a while now, and I just um. There's think, there, there this this lineup. This lineup yeah. is incomplete. It's incomplete. It's lacking. Well, there's people here that are not hitting, right? It's that you, you you needed Springer to get off to yeah. a hotter start. You, you needed Varsho to do something with, with runners on. Doesn't he have to be in scoring position? If you're going to hit him third or fourth or fifth, 
He had to do something. Right out the gate, you're telling him there's pressure on you to but, help carry our team. But, Kevin, don't you think – Win those spots. It's a lot to ask. It, it, they even, needed that. Yeah. And, and they didn't get it. No, but don't you think it's kind of a lot to – it's kind of difficult to go into a season – and put so much on Dalton Varsho, Brandon Belt, and Matt Chapman. Like, what about their recent track record would suggest to you that that is enough? You know, I'm thinking of Varsho and Belt. Chapman's already on the team. Uh, but that there's enough room to grow in there that you would offset yeah, I think with the, the hole created by the departure, so, and it is. I mean, look, I'm Teoscar Hernandez was twenty five and eighty, hugely, hugely flawed player, flawed player, but twenty five and eighty, and he was, to your point, a run producer, no question. I, yeah, I think with the belt thing, they were and thinking, the other move thing, the fences in, maybe a run into fifteen. That's exactly what they were thinking. You well, don't he might, your eyes. He, that's what they were thinking. No, he might run. He's left handed, he right still center, might they run moved into it 50. in, and it's small. And that, that's what they were thinking. Do you see Brandon Belt? Being the cleanup hitter his, in the, I think his in the bats ALCS. For me, he should have been the cleanup hitter to start the season. But uh-huh. do that all you want. But should not have ever been Dalton Varsho. Ever. In a bazillion years. Should have been him. Anybody that's ever tried to hit a baseball would have, would tell you that. You, you would rather have experience early. Let that dude get his feet wet. Figure out mechanical things. The stride separation ain't working. I'd rather you figure that out in a seven hole or eight hole with nobody on base than you trying to figure it out with, with first and second, nobody out, hit and clean up. Yeah. So they, they, they did wrong by him, in my opinion. And will stats will tell you that, too. So, yeah, they're, I'm with you. They don't have a cleanup hitter. They don't have a run producer. They need big boy to be, and that's Vladdy. And maybe I'm asking too much. Maybe that's maybe that's it. They needed a really good at bat today in the ninth inning. And they didn't get it. That's an that's a, that's an at bat I would have. Caleb Joseph would have that at bat too. I don't think he'd be mad at me at saying that. That that's that's the at bats that we would have. When you're when you're hitting third and your team needs you, needs you. It's okay. One oh sounds a lot better than oh oh. Ground out to third or short with the bases loaded and two outs. There's for me the excuses now with that. Throw those out the window. No more of that. Like you're a grown dude who's expected to do a lot. You need to be better. Those at bats like that. There's no excuse for him. You got a lefty on the mound. You know how he's trying to get you out. I know how. You don't think if I if I know the ca- the the cargo shorts know? Oh, come on, man! Like they're way smarter than than khakis. They know already. Well, hold so on. The cargo shorts saying. are smarter than khakis. Absolutely. That's the underground city in Tampa. Absolutely. I've been telling you this forever. Yeah. You don't listen. Yeah, we've we've solved it. I'm saying it's it's frustrating. I so, think I think a lot of Vlad. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this on 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 a one to three. Okay, there uh, is no three. No, no, hang, yeah, there's there is. Two. I got another. No, no. You got cargo shorts. You got khakis. You got chinos. You see, some people uh, might mistake. Look at Caleb Joseph in the Mac. Chinos. Some people may. So you don't know what chinos are. You're way overthinking. Well, this. I, no, I'm not. I'm trying Holy to. Moly. No, I'm not. I'm just trying uh, to ask you to rank in terms Tampa, of. Yeah. Everybody else, how's that? Okay. They can wear what they want to wear. You want? How's that? And then there's everybody else. All right. How's that? We'll be joined in a few minutes by uh, Jeff Passan. I don't know why MLB that frustrated me so ESPN. bad, that last at bat from Vladdy. Because he's special offensively, and I'm sure Caleb would say the same thing. It's about what you're swinging at now. 
be better. Uh, the back leg line is 416-413-3959. It is always open. Today, we, well, we had to, frankly, today the one line burnt down, so we had to put another one in there. Wow. We had to. Nice. Because uh, a lot of folks had a lot of things they wanted to say. Uh, who, do we, who do we have, Mark? Let's go to the back leg line, and then, uh, and, and then we'll go to passing here. Arnold in Ottawa. He has some Arnold. stuff to say. Go ahead, Arnold. Here's a thought. Well, if you've got San Diego Padres with a big payroll, they're not doing well. You've got Toronto with a big payroll, not doing so well with their hitters. Is there any chance that there could be some trades there? Uh, good for good? Underperforming uh, for underperforming stars? See what you think. Thanks. Take care, guys. Here's the thing. Uh, the, the draft is just around the corner. Most teams are fixated on the draft right now. And then... The draft requires a lot of work. It's an all-hands-on-deck thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, there is this old line, the old baseball line. You take the first 50 games to see what you have, the next 50 games games to address the situation, make trades, and then the final 50 games, you drop mm-hmm. the hammer, and away you go and play it out, and let's see whether or not we make Better split the playoffs. Better split that 50 and a half. And there's also the, the first part of the year, you also... You know, you, you sign dudes for a reason. You have dudes in the minor leagues for a reason. The first part of the year, you like to see what they can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I have said that, I, I mean, if I'm the Blue Jays and I look at that lineup, and I'm going to get back to the lineup because I think we spent way too much time, and I'm going to blame Barker for this. We spent way too much time talking about Alec Manoa. It I'm was sorry. turkey I'm sharing the I'm sharing the blame there. I'm sharing the blame. The issue with this team, the end of the day, is, is the lineup. There's a lot of the lineups. The major issue is the lineup. The lineup's not very good. And listen, there are teams like San Diego. There are teams like Chicago, the Chicago White Sox, although they've kind of turned it around. Uh, I don't know who the hell the Washington Nationals have of any interest, but there are teams that you may want. I mean, you've already traded with Seattle. Seattle's kind of, you know, I don't know if Oakland has anything necessarily you want Colorado's going to be in last place till the cows come home yeah. but the point is there are teams St. Louis is another team there are teams that are not playing as well as their mm. front offices thought they would mm. there are teams that by now have an idea of what they may be short in what they may need the problem that I see, and you're right, like, you know, the San Diego, pick a dude, like Jake Cronenworth, whatever. I'm just pulling out a name. Mm. A guy who Not might be around name. for a couple of you're, you're missing the point. I, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing the point here. I'm saying, I, I, I'm just throwing, pick, picking a name out of there. So the. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Kev. Yeah, that's real good. And, you and you know, you do, oh, look at that. You got three walks well, today. Whoa, to, you got three bases on balls to today. Out, that's really important. Well, you, with, with common sense, with common sense, you're not trading anybody. You you're not going to trade anybody. Tra- who would they want? Well, if you'd let me finish, that was my point. The problem with the Blue Jays right now is you don't have anything to trade. I mean, what's a Relvis Martinez hitting in the minors? 150. Okay. Like, I, you know, you've got a bunch. They've got a bunch of guys at single A. And, you know, that seems to be where the depth in the minor league Peterman's system hurt. is. You ain't trading him. Uh, Otto Lopez, you don't want to play him, so I don't know why the hell anybody else would want to play him. No. Uh, yeah, Tiedemann's hurt. Barger's hurt. I mean, he's got or, a and, and Barger is, you know, kind of your, your, one, your one position guy. You don't have anything. I mean, what you've got right now is you don't want to trade Gossman or Bassett. 
I don't think anybody would take Brios's contract. I don't want to take trade Brios anyhow. No. Kikuchi, that's not, you're not going to get anything for him. Manoa, you're not going to do that. No. Uh, you've got Espinal, who's hurt. You've got Biggio, you know, who seems to have found the one manager who really likes him. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're nice. catchers. You're not going to get any, I'm you're not going to get anything for Alejandro Kirk. And Danny Jansen's hurt. I mean, there's... yeah, you ain't trading Bo. You ain't trading Vladdy. No. You might if you're not re-signing Chapman. Maybe you look at that you down may the look point. At that. But but only but, they but, know that. But what does that say to your fan base? Got it. That 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 winning matters, Depending and we're not winning with it. I. He better run produce. You've got <laughs> nobody. That means. You've got nobody in the bullpen that would would probably get you anything. Nope. Nobody we talked about. This is really a, a triple A. Like it's, I it mean, sounds like more team meetings. No, it's it's well, just. I I think I think mm-hmm. the the Jason. Frankly, that I think they put themselves into a corner here. Yeah, they put themselves into corner here. Mm-hmm. And the key to this is for. I mean, Barker's right. Vladdy's got to get going. Ah. Vladdy gets going. Well, then I think help. you can start. Then I think you can get a better sense of where the lineup is and what you need to do. Think if he had a double to left center on a hanging, if he would have taken that pitch and got a got a four seamer middle away and a little up, and he hits a double to right center field, but what that would do to your lineup and your team. Arnold's Arnold's, you know Arnold's call though is, uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm at the stage right now where I. If I could do something, I do something. But I just I I don't know what there is there. I I don't know what I have that anybody wants. Really, it's amazing to say that when people were picking this team to win the World Series. So so it's amazing yeah. that you can say that out loud. Fifty games into the season, that yeah. who could we trade to get something? If you're in or if you're in the front office. Coupled with the fact that this is an organization, this is a. The payroll's pretty big here. This isn't it's a big one. This isn't the Jays cutting corners and no, you know, trying trying to trying yeah. to shop in the bargain bargain bins. I mean, this is an organization that spends money, yeah. and 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 by and large, Bassett was a good spend. Absolutely, Gossman, Real good, good spend. Springer, you almost had to do. Springer well, was a, Springer was a quick answer. Springer was a quick answer, and yeah. I'm still okay with that. Me too. Springer was the type of guy you sign if you think you're going to be playing in October. He's the type of guy you sign if you're going to play if you think you're going to be playing in October. Mm-hmm. So by and large, I think the deals have 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 generally have generally worked out the long term deals. Uh, Brios again, mm. I, I think he looks better now, and I I just think by the end of that, that that's never going to be a horrible contract. It's never going to be He'll a horrible. Take the ball every five days. Exactly. It's never going to be a horrible contract that's going to prevent you from doing anything. You're not going to sit there and what go, "Oh my God!" If we didn't have Barrios, we go out and do this. You're 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 not going to do that. And again, he's giving you. He's going to give you Drew Hutchison or Casey Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Huh? Anyhow, uh, Jeff Passan is M- is ESPN's MLB insider. We will talk to Jeff about uh, the situation with Alec Manoa, and I'll ask Jeff the same question I asked Thad Levine. We've asked a couple of people in the past couple of days. Just it seems as if a lot of teams with big payrolls and big aspirations are finding dudes that they can bring up from the minor leagues and just give them a little bit of a a little bit of a push. That clearly isn't the situation with the Jays. I want to talk to Jeff about that. And also, Kenley Jansen had some interesting stuff to say about uh, pitching injuries and um, kind of wondering 
at the end of the year when you have a full season sample size how people are going to be looking at the pitch timer and pitching injuries. It was interesting because Kenley Jansen's a guy with experience yeah. in, 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 in being hurt, and he's talked openly about this. So mm. we'll talk to Jeff Passan about that. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360. Tell me that, Barker. A reminder that uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, please rate and review us. Huh. Because it's always it's always a nice thing well, to do. Well, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody likes to be picked on. Huh? We, we may need a meeting in here. We're going to have to have a <laughs> players-only meeting. <laughs> yeah. Closed yeah. door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's six of us. We can get something going. Got Caleb there. Caleb will come in. Yeah, yeah. He knows how to lead it. He knows how to lead those meetings. Yeah, he can run it. Anyhow, uh, the Jays are 6-3 losers tonight, today, this afternoon. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Not really. 6-3 losers to the Tampa Bay Rays. They are 26-25. and 25. They are in last place in the American League East. Not that the standings matter. Barker's looking at me like... Uh, the Jays will open a three-game series against my Minnesota Twins tomorrow night with Kevin Gossman and Louis Varland on the mound. If you're looking for positives here, you've got Gossman going Friday, Bassett going Saturday. So your chances of – you've got the two kind of calm, cool dudes going. Be afraid to score some runs. And, well, that's the other what? thing, yeah. Don't be afraid to. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid to score some runs. Uh, Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Mr. Passan, uh, thank you for joining us. It's our first Blue Jays in crisis show of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's May, it's May 25th. Um, it's never we, too early. It's never too early. No, again, standings, standings don't matter. Want to talk to you. We've obviously, we got a lot to get to you about, but your, your article on the uh, ESPN website about the, um, robo umps and and you know the experiment we're seeing in triple a right now it interested me because last week i had a chance to sit next to pat malacaro who is the uh play-by-play voice of the buffalo bisons the jays triple a affiliate along with with, mm-hmm. with with ben wagner and he was telling us about what he has seen this year you know the the automated the abs system and then the challenge system and he was telling us some stories about you know he he didn't tell the team but there was uh, one team that used his challenges up in the second inning or you know and then the end of the game came around it would have been nice to have a challenge he couldn't challenge it because they didn't have any challenges left the guys were mad at each other etc etc but then he talked about the just the 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 abs system and the, and the challenge system in particular and how it in, in in minor league parks, and I I mean I haven't seen this, but how in minor league parks they would show on the scoreboard the strike zone, and they would show where the pitch was, and you know the whole crowd could see what you know what what, what was being challenged and what the ultimate decision is. This is coming to baseball to the majors, isn't it? There's no doubt about that. But where do you think where do you think it's going to go? Are we going to see a challenge system, or are we going to see full blown automated balls and strikes? It's very interesting, the arguments 
that are made about this because you have a you have two schools of thought with an interesting third that is is sort of outside. So I'll go over all. The first school of thought is very simple, and I've been talking with the GM all day, who gets pissed off about this. He says, think about what we're asking umpires to do. We're asking umpires, no matter how good they are at their jobs, to track spheres traveling through space and time at up to 104 miles per hour with sliders that are bending, you know, 20 inches with curveballs that are dropping two feet and asking them to figure out in real time whether the ball is passing through an imaginary zone or not. It's a really, really hard thing to do. So if we have a tool that's accurate, as MLB says, to one-tenth of one inch, talking tiny little centimeters here, if we have a tool that can do that, why wouldn't we just use it all the time and take the burden off of the umpires? And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's an unreasonable argument. If you have something that's in place that can get things right all the time, then use it, right? On the other hand, argument number two is, you know, we're not necessarily seeking perfection here. We just want to get rid of the big misses. Right. We want to get rid of those that are three, four, five, six inches, even more off the plate or high or low and offer players an opportunity to right the wrongs that are inevitably going to happen when umpires are as challenged as they are to do their jobs. And if you can have a system that not only has the ability to get rid of those big mistakes, but also has the fan component in place where being there and seeing this thing up on the scoreboard actually is kind of cool and gets people engaged and excited, then why wouldn't you do that and preserve the elements of the game that would be lost, not just the human element, which you know has been argued ad, ad nauseum for years by people who are looking to save parts of the game that technology are coming in, but beyond the human part of the game, it would preserve pitch framing. And you can make the argument if you want, and it's a fair one, that pitch framing is by itself a a ridiculous and dubious thing because we're actually encouraging catchers to try and trick umpires. Like, that's what we want to encourage. But at the same time, I think there's an art to pitch framing. And uh, as somebody who appreciates the tiny nuances of the game and, uh, you know, who spends an inordinate amount of time just watching catchers, how they set up, what they do, uh, how soft their hands are, uh, their movements, all those little tiny details, that goes away and you essentially turn a catcher into a backstop with an arm and a bat. Mm. And I can understand why people wouldn't want to do that. The third element, Jeff, is one that Uh, I think MLB is the most interested in. I think we have a decent idea of what full ABS looks like and what ABS challenge look like and what the uh, upsides and downsides to each are. What Major League Baseball really wants to do is to use the strike zone uh, as defined by ABS uh, to try and change the way that the game is played. They, They want to do anything they possibly can to bring down the strikeout rate mm-hmm. and, and to get more balls in play. And if you can use ABS to make a zone that changes the way that pitchers pitch and changes the way that hitters approach the plate, 
maybe you're on to something. I just don't know what that zone looks like. And that's why I think there's going to be more testing still next year before ABS is introduced eventually. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of bring people up to date on the weekend, balls and strikes are judged by the umpires, but players can challenge a call. This is in AAA three times per game. They retain their challenges if correct. Uh, that is on uh, uh, on uh, uh, over the over the weekend, but during weekdays, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. right? And Tuesdays through Thursdays, the game is is called by the automated ball strike system. And as you you explain your story, it tracks pitches using a dozen ultra high speed cameras. What we found interesting about this is we had an we had an interview with Morgan Sword of the commissioner's office. Uh, earlier this year, and he was talking about the strike zone, and I think this gets to what you said. You know, he, it's, it's funny, he said, we have that square box on TV, and, and he, was, he said that ultimately the strike zone is probably going to be a little more oval. You know, and, he, and it, was, it was interesting hearing him, hearing him try to describe it and just how, and that gets to your point, the idea isn't just to have a quote-unquote fairer strike zone. It is to help create action. Right. I don't know if they yeah. want to come out and say that, but it is to help create action, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they want. And look, my kid is a pitcher, and he heard me. I was sitting on the couch talking with somebody for uh, this story, and he, the, this person I was talking with brought up the idea of an oval-shaped zone. And when I got off the phone, my kid looked at me and said a bunch of curse words. <laughs> because as a pitcher, the idea that you can perfectly execute a fastball on the outside corner and you're not rewarded for that goes against everything that they have been taught. Like a low and outside fastball is like the, the the most beautiful thing you can do. Well, I guess, you know, I I guess landing a slider there or or putting a splitter on the, the low inside corner, you know, or, or dropping a curveball like, high and inside, but it just clips the zone. Those, those are like the piece de, result, de mm-hmm. resistance pitches of all pitchers. But uh, the fact that you're going to be penalized, essentially, for executing what heretofore has been a perfect pitch is going to frustrate the hell out of pitchers. And it, it makes me wonder, Jeff, if we're moving toward that place like the NFL did when it – uh, increased the rules on roughing the quarterback and didn't allow cornerbacks to, to jam wide, wide receivers anymore and open up the passing game to where it is now and made offense a, a much more prevalent part. It, the NBA, uh, you know, the, the hand check rule has mm-hmm. essentially rendered defense impossible, and you regularly see 120 to 140-point games in the NBA uh, are we getting to a point where baseball is just going to give up the idea that hitters and pitchers are the same and prioritize the offensive side of the game because it's done such a good job with the pitch clock of bringing the time of game down that there is a little bit of leeway to go back on the offensive side and add a few minutes to the game if there's more action. Jeff, what if it was just a fastball up? Yes, the Jays hitters, you know, if they eliminated a little bit of that ball that's a little up, figure out what the strike zone is there. I think the hitter is okay with the ball away, the ball down, right? It's easier to drop your barrel on the ball down. It's easier to see the ball away, take that pitch, be in a better athletic position. It's the ball up, right? You see a bunch of left-handed hitters in the big leagues, especially who have a natural little uppercut. Don't like your ball up. Like you can name a, a Jays hitter. A lot of those guys hate the ball. Up. Me and Jeff, 
Blair talk about that all the time. That's an easy place to get people out. Is that some area, right? If you figure that out, right, it might be a different up for Judge than it would be for Altuve. But if you could figure that little area out, sort of everything yep. else would take care of itself. Theoretically, I don't think you're wrong. But let me throw this at you. What's the easiest pitch by far? If we're just talking, we're not talking location or anything like that. What is the pitch that gets hit most and gets struck out on least? Hit most? You mean location or pitch? I mean the pitch itself. So if we're going fastball, slider, curveball, change, split, cutter, sweeper, all of them. What do you think say is the pitch that the most damage is done on? Fastball. By far. Yeah. It's not even close, right? Yeah. And how do, how do pitchers work with their fastballs? Do they work north-south or do they work east-west? Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess that would depend on who you ask. Like Gosman's north and south, not so much east and west. Yeah, yes. I, yeah I, I think, think most – I think if you ask most pitchers – they work north-south with their fastball. Yeah, probably. And they work east-west with their off-speed. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And so and so, if the fastball is the most hittable pitch and the pitch with which the most contact is made, mm-hmm. then don't you want to encourage more fastballs to be thrown? Yeah, I guess that makes sense, too. Yeah. yeah. And so how do you encourage more fastballs to be thrown? You shrink the zone sure. width-wise. And, but, of course, you run into the problem, which is exactly what you said, Kevin. Mm-hmm. High fastballs are hard to hit. And right. if you look at high fastballs, I, I looked on True Media, which is uh, like this incredible database where you can find out just about anything. And I looked at fastballs uh, out of the zone high, like out of the rule book zone, which is, you know, uh, as as defined by True Media, it's like, a little bit above the belt. And uh, if you have high fastballs, uh, fastballs that are out of the zone, they are swung and missed at just as often as sliders, curveballs, changes, hmm. etc. And so there's no clear answer to this. That's the most frustrating mm-hmm. part of everyone involved. There was a very clear answer to making the game go faster. You just hold people accountable to throwing quickly. There is no such similar, at least evident at this point yet, thing that you can do with the strike zone to manipulate the game such that things change in a positive direction for what they're looking for. Jeff, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, I mean, I it, got it. It's not, I understand the trade deadline's not close, and I always hate sort of throwing out, you know, let's talk oh, trades. I got a, I got a got, story running June 1st on the trade deadline. So okay. it's never too early for me. Buddy. Well, that's, that's okay. Nice. That, that's good. Uh, here, here's where we are. I mean, we, you know, the, obviously everybody today is uh, up in arms about Alec Manoa herself included. Cause it's, it's, it's cheap. It's, it's, it's an easy, it's an easy, it's an easy, uh, it's an easy high today, so to speak. But the larger issue for this team is the lineup just consistently hasn't been good enough. Uh, especially with runners in scoring position. Now, I'm yep. wondering at what point, you know, you've got the Jays who are in last place in a very good division, but they're still in last place, and they don't have a lot of games left against the Rays and the Yankees to make up room. You know, you've got teams like San Diego. They're not doing as well as they thought they would. I mean, the White Sox are a little better. The Cardinals, what I'm getting at here is, it, do you think it would be possible if Ross Atkins wanted to take two minutes out from prepping for the draft do you think it would be possible 
to have a type of move that alters the Jays lineup. In other words, a can we could we see a big early trade between a couple of teams that quote unquote need to do something? Boy, um, who are you giving? Before I answer that, who are you giving up if you're Ross Atkins? That's a problem. I got nobody. No, I mean, you know, we, we, that's what Kevin and I were talking about. It's, you know, you've got some, you've got some depth in the lower minors or Martinez can't hit right now. Uh, Addison Barger's hurt. Ricky Tiedemann's hurt. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to trade. I mean, that's the problem. I let's, let's put it this way. I I've, I've started tearing out. Um, well, I'll throw a name out. I'll jump in here. I'll throw a name out. You're not signing Matt Chapman this year. He's not re-signing with you. Yeah. What about a guy like that? That's that's you know that's not an unreasonable thing. But if you're looking to make your offense better, are you really trading the guy who's been your best offensive player this year? Well, he's he is yeah. he's yeah, he he was not in the late. first month, not lately. Yeah, but yeah. your point right. is your yeah, point no, is I well know. made. He has he has he has cooled down significantly. Totally totally understood. Right. Um. I, I guess that's a possibility where, you, like, who's playing third for you? Well, there you go. That would be another issue. I mean, I guess a healthy Santiago yeah, I mean, Espinal. Is, are, right. are, you, are you putting Santiago Espinal there? Well, you'd have to. Kevin, are you getting yeah. Kevin Vigio daily at bats? God, but I hope not. It, it, yeah, they're just in a, they're in a really hard position right now. Right. When you look at the teams that are going to be selling, um, the A's, yes, but, you know, do yep. they have anyone you really like? I mean, let, let me put it this way to you. Are you going to go out and give up a lot for Brent Rooker? Uh, no. Don't think so. No. Uh, the Royals, I mean, unless they want to go, like, full rebuild uh, and move Vinny Pasquantino, like, Vinny Pasquantino would be a perfect guy right. to add to this lineup. Right. But are you really going to go and get Vinny Pasquantino? Probably not, and I don't think the Royals are going to move him. Tigers, like, they're, they're, I don't think they have a guy with an OPS over 800 this year. No impact guys there. Could you see Colorado? It? Could you see a team like the Cardinals or the Padres trying again, quote unquote, trying to do something to 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 uh, shake, shake things, things up. up? I hate using that phrase, but to shake things up. I think they should. I highly doubt it, though. Right? You just, you know, you just don't see like moves like this. This is not meant with any intended offense. Moves like this are just so much better for talk radio than oh, they, are they are in reality. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, they just I, – I understand why your mind goes there because it is the rational place for your mind to go when there are teams that are struggling or that just aren't what they're supposed to be. But I, because it is such a rare thing to happen, it takes two parties that are willing to buck tradition – and buck the trends of how the market moves in order to go out and do that. And if anyone's going to do it, like AJ Preller is a super creative guy. We've seen that in all of the moves Mm -hmm. that he's made and he's willing to take risk. I don't see the blue Jays as a risk taking team. No, Nope. You No. I think you're right, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, we got to run. You've you've been great as always, my friend. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, bud. Same to you boys. Take care. Jeff Passon.
MLB insider with ESPN. Sounds like you got what you got. Uh, it sounds like you got what you got. That's it for Blair and Barker today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 5 to 7 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360. Have yourself a great day.